Guys, the final score is back tonight with another big interview. Guys, this guy, this guy played back in the day before. I'm not, I'm not talking about his age, but he actually played for the Patriots when they were the Boston Patriots. He played years with the Patriots, played with the Buffalo Bills when O.J. Simpson was there. And he was a big-time contributor to that defense, the Baltimore Colts in the mid-'70s. I'm talking about Mr. Jim Chionsky. Welcome to the show, Mr. Chionsky. Oh, thank you so much. Happy to be here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And like I said before, thank you so much for, for coming on the show. Uh, Big-time football fan here, and I remember you back in the day. Of course, you had some battles with my Steelers uh, back in the 70s. We got the, the best of you then, but like you said before we went on there, it looked like, looked like uh, your your Patriots got the best of us last night in a big way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I, I, uh, Steelers, of course, you know, they, they got six Super Bowls. The Patriots got six Super Bowls, and Steelers seem to have fans all over the place, which, which uh, you know, I, I think is one, they're one of the best organizations in football. Their owners are, but um, it's funny. Um, I've got several relatives that they like the they like the Steelers. And when I was with the, when I was captain of the Bills, we we had a great team. We went over there and lost to them in the playoffs. Then Baltimore, we had two two, two years in Baltimore. We had great teams, and they beat us both times. So I lost them three years in a row. So that didn't make me happy. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure you know, you you're not a big fan of the Steelers after that. Uh, so yeah. grow, growing up, were you a football fan? Oh yeah. Well, I was a. If you you know how you sometimes uh, the teachers go around the room when you're young kids and ask you what you want to what do you want to be when you grow up when the, when they came to me, I said I just want to be a pro athlete. Right. And so uh, in my high school, basically we had football, baseball, basketball. And I played all three, and and um, it just turned out that the, the opportunities to, to go higher into the professional was was through football. So that's what I did. So who who were who was somebody the teams you pulled for when you were uh, growing up was it were you a Patriot or a Boston fan back then? No, they really when I was young younger they uh, you know I almost don't even remember the Patriots uh, when right. I would always watch um, uh, either the Colts or the uh, New York Giants I, I knew all the New York Giants names by heart and all that so. Uh, what, you know, Y.A. Tittle and that crew. Right, right. Y.A. Tittle, that's a blast from the past, that boy. That, that, and, you know, yeah, a lot of people yeah. these days don't realize, because I, when I grew up, I, like from the time I knew what a football was, I, 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 I was hooked, and I was trying to learn everything about the history of football. Uh, for Christmas every year, I'd get football stuff and, and some books and, and even a, a little record with the history of football on it that, that I had. And to hear those names pop up, Y.E. Tittle, you know, to Frank Gifford and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, yeah, trying to learn the history of it. Uh, so you played all three sports in school. When did you realize that, that football was what was going to take you to the next level? Well, when I actually when I started getting the scholarship offers, you know, for football. And, and uh, so... Um, Jimmy Brown always had been a kind of a hero of mine growing up. I had number 32 was my number in high school. Right. And then, uh, so I decided to go to Syracuse where he went, and I also had number 32 at Syracuse. So, wow. <laughs> that kind of put, that kind of put me on the road, uh, you know, to, to, uh, get, having the ability to, uh, get to the pros because Syracuse at that time, man, they played some real tough, tough football. We had some good, some great teams. I, Larry Zonka, oh, um, Floyd Little, Floyd Little, and uh, Tommy Coughlin. They were, we were all on the same team together. 
yeah, you guys, you know, you you were like seven and three, eight and three, and uh, you know had had a eight and two. Uh, you know, you had yeah, really yeah, good years. The only know. reason, the only reason we really, we really didn't, uh, we could have, we should have been national champs a couple of those years in a row. But uh, Ben Swartzwald, who was our coach, uh-huh. could, he had, you know, he had Floyd Little and Nance in the, and Zonker in the back. Because all they did was run uh, um, unbalanced line, and we just ran. We just ran the ball. So if we had thrown the ball a little bit to make the defenses a little bit off the thing, we would have. We would have been much better, I think. Right. Yeah, I mean, you had – I was doing my research on you. I did not realize Tom Coughlin was on, on the team till, uh till I, yeah. I did my research. He, he, was, a, he was a wing back on, his, on a team that didn't throw the ball. <laughs> yeah, so he didn't get much action, I guess. <laughs> well, he played all the time, but he was just a tough blocker, you know. Right. So he did – so you get you finish your career at Syracuse. You end up going to the Boston Patriots. So what was your first reaction to to the Patriots organization? <laughs> well, it's funny because uh, I remember, um, you know, at Syracuse we would play. You know, the coldest place I've ever been in my life is Syracuse, New York, and, and right. uh, we would Ben would Ben would have us out there in the field, snow and under the lights, and oh man, it was brutal. I get to the Patriots in the first few practices. I said. This can't, this can't be pro. I mean, is this pro football? <laughs> so that's, that's, that's kind of how I felt, you know. Well, that, we it, had some, you know, we, we, we did have some good players back then, and uh, it, it just was a shame that we really didn't have a home of our own. We played in Fenway Park right. and Boston College and Boston University and Harvard and, uh, I, mean, I, I had five coaches in five years and, yeah, you, you know, you guys were in court. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was rough because defense never defense never came off the field highly, you know, because our offense would get the ball up right away, and uh, so you know, we I got I got beat up pretty good there, so so that kind of started me playing at a handicap with the other teams because I had I had several knee operations and a lot of other things. So, um, but you know, it turned out it is what it is. Yeah, so you had some some pretty interesting teammates. So you had Nick Bonacani, the late Nick Bonacani was there, your rookie year, right? Yeah, yeah. And Nick uh, Nick played the first um, first seven games, and then he got hurt. And then I played the next seven. And then new coach came in and looked at the films and decided they would trade Nick to the Dolphins. I sure wish they had traded me instead. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. And also, also one of your linebacker uh, teammates was a guy named Marty Schottenheimer. Yeah, that's right. Marty was my roommate for a while too. How was how was he? I mean, he seems like you know such a great coach. Uh, but how was he as a player? Oh, he, he was a very very good player and very smart. We used to stay up to all hours of the night just talking football. Um, so we were both big studiers of the game. We, um, you know, we just we just knew what the other teams were going to do by. Uh, what we saw out in formations and things like that, and Marty was—he uh, was always that way, and he was—he was a good outside linebacker too. And you know, you played—you know, you played middle linebacker, but you were—you were undersized for that. Did don't you think you were what six six one two hundred twenty pounds? But don't you think that yeah. that that what you just said about studying talking football and knowing the other teams? tendencies and stuff like that don't you think that helped you in more ways than than anything that to to become the linebacker that you did oh yeah i mean i i played most of my career around 
just under six two two fifteen, and people didn't know I was that small. But uh, Nick and I were pretty close. In Nick Barconi, uh, Leroy Jordan, and I were all small middle linebackers, and we made our living by um, getting to the plays really quick. You know, uh, playing close to the line of scrimmage, so that you know we were strong. I was strong in the arms, especially so I could I could handle some of the big linemen, but. Uh, you hit them quick and get off and get into the play. And we right. weren't the type of guys who were going to hit a hit a back and just get these like Dick Dick Butkus explosion. But we were going to make ten, twelve, fourteen tackles a game, and and so that's just you know that's the way uh, certain linebackers play. Right. So you like you said you struggled. You guys were in the AFL. You moved to the NFL. Uh, you start playing against the, the New York Jets. What was it like playing against a guy like Joe Namath? Well, it's funny because Joe, Joe and I, I worked at his summer camp, uh, football camp. With okay. Him. So I got to be, I got to be great friends with him, and he, uh, what a wonderful guy. And he, he, Joe's the kind of guy that if he's in in the in the New York, he's Broadway Joe. If he's uh, <laughs> down in Carolinas here, he is country as you can be. And uh, uh, so we'd have a, we'd have a lot of fun. We'd come up to the line, of course. We played a four-three, so the middle linebacker was directly uh, across from the center and the quarterback. So Joe would come out, call a play, and I'd I'd, call, I'd check off to another defense, and, uh, and then he'd call a play, and I'd check off again, and he'd look over there and start laughing. You sob, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that he was he was quite a player, quite a quite a uh, entertainer too, as far as that goes. But that yeah. just yeah, one of the one of the first stories I remember hearing when I was, you know, getting into football was, you know, him guaranteeing they were going to win that Super Bowl against against the Colts that year. Oh yeah, so yeah, that's how he well, that's how he really made his name, really. You exactly. Know, he, he, took, he took that chance. But uh, we, I think the, you know, at the, that time the AFL, um, we were, I think we were much ahead of the NFL as far as what we were talking about before. We we were the first ones to. Uh, Really study the game films, and also our pat. You know, we, we threw the ball a lot more. They were more of a running uh, league, and so it took them a while to catch up. But uh, Joe, Joe just proved that in that game. You know, right? So you guys struggled. Nineteen seventy, you guys struggled. You got a two and twelve record, but you end up drafting a guy, a quarterback that was pretty uh, moved up. Maybe not in New England. But uh, down the road in, in Oakland, he was pretty impressive. Uh, talking about Jim Plunkett, who comes out of Stanford with number one pick. What was Plunkett like? I know he, you know, he kind of had struggles there in New England. But what what was it like when he came in? Oh, he was a great he was a great kid. Uh, he and he was tough as nails. I remember him in those days when in training camp we had to run the two mile uh, course in a certain amount of time, and he was out way out, out ahead of anybody. Um, and, but he, unfortunately, you know, the only, the only really help he had was, uh, Randy Vataha, who was, who was like a clone to, uh, um, Edelman. I mean, right. Randy, Randy was good to him and he'd get him the ball all the time, but we just, he just didn't have any blocking, you know, and yeah. plus, you know, all the different coaches we had and so on. And so they, poor guy, we were lucky we didn't kill him before he got out and went to Oakland. Yeah, he. I know. One time he was considering even leaving after that, and but luckily for the Oakland fans, he didn't leave. Uh, so also another guy that played on your defense. A lot of people don't talk about, but I've, I, you know, 
just looking at stuff over the years. Julius Adams to play defensive end. That, that, he was kind of an underrated guy on that defense, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Julius was one of the first really uh, good-sized uh, defensive ends that could, you know, could really run, but also had the size. And so he was he's a pretty good ball player. Yeah, for man. sure. So then you you leave. You end up leaving New New England, and you go to Buffalo. Well, I mean. Your feelings when you left, were you kind of dis? I mean, I know with the way you guys struggled, you couldn't be too disappointed because you're going to a Buffalo team that's that's got some talent there. So, you, were you disappointed or were you happy to be leaving New England? To- uh, oh, you got to be kidding me! I was a drinking <laughs> campaign. I mean, it was uh, you know, it's a shame because I grew up in Massachusetts, right. about, about half half an hour away from where we where we practiced, but. Uh, uh, you know, to, to, to go through all the operations and, and just the change in coaches and because I was small, I had to, uh, I had to prove myself every single year to, a, to the next new coach, coach, you know, yeah. even, even though I was, I was, I led the team in tackles and, you know, had the rec, had a record for tackles, as a matter of fact, but, uh, to go to the Bills and, and then be captain of the Bills, a defensive captain, and OJ was, Offensive captain. See, I played against him when when I was with the Patriots. So right. now now he's my teammate, and I'll tell you what, there's never been a greater back ever. And uh, he uh, he just did some things that you could not believe unless you were there to see it. Um, and then it was funny because then after that, when I got to the Colts, I played against him again. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. That- and it was funny funny because I would always I don't know for some reason. Uh, you know, you'd think a middle linebacker has got a uh, glass-eating uh, personality, but my my end was I I always befriended the offensive linemen for some reason. They were country boys, you know, and that was more my personality off field. On the field was a different story, but so I got used. To, I got good friends with all the offensive linemen on the teams I was on. So these teams, the three teams that I played for, we they were all in the same division. So we so I played against all those guys twice a year, you know, so so there's a lot of talking going on on the line and everything because we all know each other. Right. Yeah, that that's kind of interesting you want to get. But the first year you got there with, with O.J. was the year he ran for two over 2,000 yards, set the record, right? Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. And then the next next year, um, well, no, see, there were, I, mean, no, I think that was the second year. Okay, okay, I thought it was he, the first year. He set year. the record, yeah. It was the second year he set the record, and because what happened is he set the record, and so they gave him a huge contract for that time. Now we need nothing yeah, now. Probably minimal. So for that time, it was one of the <laughs> yeah, it was one of the biggest contracts. And what they did uh, was trade three defensive starters, which was you never do that. No. So they they traded me and a couple two other linebackers, and I was fortunate enough to go to Baltimore where. Um, they had uh, Mike Curtis, and so yeah. Uh, first, I walked into the locker room, and Mike took a look at me. and Said, "What the heck are you doing here?" <laughs> and so they wanted me there because they, in case he got hurt, you know. So they'd had to have a horrible, horrible year the year before they won one game, and then then this 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 next year that I got there, they started off like Mike was starting, and they they went zero uh, and four, and he got hurt against. The Patriots, one of my my uh, friends on the offensive line, <laughs> hit Mike up around the face or something, and he, he dislocated a, a, a retina or something. And so, 
I got in, and we ended up winning all the rest of our games and had the biggest turnaround in, in NFL history. And so the next year, Machibola, Ted Machibola, uh put Mike on waivers, and, um, and uh, you know, I was a starter there for my, all my time there. Yeah, that was that was the, they call it the miracle on 33rd Street, right? Right, right. <laughs> Yeah, when y'all turned it around that year. Uh, how was it playing for Coach Marchabroda? Best coach I ever had. I mean, just a tremendous, tremendous guy. I mean, really, really knew his football. Yeah, he just uh, and he and then I, you know, I often wonder if I made a mistake or not because my third, third year going into uh, my third year, um, I had led the team in tackles the year before, and he came to me and because uh, I was hurting, you know, I mean, my my knee was very bad. And uh, he said, Jim, why don't you, you, you know, you're just killing yourself uh, on that knee. Just why don't you, uh, we'd like you to coach, be, be one of our coaches. So I had never really made hardly, even though I, I was a starter for 10 years, well, nine years up to that point, uh, I'd rather never really made hardly any money. And, and so I was supposed to make, uh, I think it was between 85 and 90,000 for that next year. And I said, well, you know, he was offering me like thirty thousand dollars to be a coach, and um, I said, "Well, you know, I'll do I'll do that if you will let me be a players' coach for three games. Because if I could be on their active roster for three games, I'd get credit for the tenth year, and that would mean a lousy hundred dollars a month in my pension later on. Right, I took a pension, you know, and and so he said, "Well, let me ask the owner." So he went he went and asked the owner, and the guy wouldn't do it. Oh Lord! After, after all that I had done for the team, so exactly. I said, "The heck with that!" And and I and, um, probably made the wrong decision. And, and I just said, I'll "Just put me on waivers, and I'll get it somewhere." So uh, I ended up getting picked up by the Packers um, towards the end of the season, and, and then after a long battle with the NFL, uh, get my get credit for my tenth year. Okay. But you know, Belichick was um, he was a uh, first year young coach that was a little bit above a ball boy at that time he was just learning and uh so who knows if i had got into their coaching staff and you might have been you know uh <laughs> yeah i traveled with him somewhere you know so who you knows might have, you might have been coaching right now with the patriots i mean you might have been part of that yeah. that dynasty let's let's talk a little bit more about that that nine game winning streak you guys went on because you were a big part of that nine game winning streak i mean you recovered a fumble against miami the next game, you had a fingertip interception at the goal line, helped beat the Chiefs. And a week later, you get another interception at the Colts' six-yard line. You preserve a shutout of the Giants. So, I mean, anybody that says you didn't have, you didn't make a difference when it comes to that, was not watching the games then. So, you had a lot of big plays in, in that nine-game win streak. Well, I think the, I think probably the biggest thing that people nobody know even knows is that they uh, <clears throat> that was by far the best defensive line I ever played with and all the oh, teams yeah. I was on so it was they loved me and I loved them and I I seemed to get along with them very well we met we melded together uh and, and it, it everything worked you know it, everything just worked uh um like you know I would like I say I wish I could have played with them for my whole career I don't think I'd ever would have gotten hurt right so you're you're with the Colts. You guys are you know got a high powered offense and a good defense like led by you, Burt Jones. What was Burt Jones like? Because I, I mean that's always one of the guys that uh, 
you know, injuries really, really shook his career. Uh, what was he like to be around? Well, he was he was another one that was tough as nails. I, I, yeah. I had a couple of guys from down in that Louisiana type area that they were all from. Joe Ferguson, uh, right? From the Bills was the same same type same way. Um, Joe was really tough. I think Britt was a little bit bigger than Joe, um, but both of them could just hang in there and they could really, really fire the ball. And, uh, uh, you know, they just uh, great teammates, great leaders. Um, so, you know, it was the only ones that really put a stop in on us was, was the Steelers. Yeah, so you, you guys, like 76, you guys finished 11-3. You're first in the AFC East. Uh, once again, you run into the Steelers in the playoffs, and uh, Steelers get the best of you. Is that now? I can't remember if the first, the the seventy five year or the seventy six year was that the uh, playoff game? The plane crashed in the top of the stadium. Yeah, one of well, I don't know, I remember which year, but it was was one of those years. Yeah, and it's because my because uh, you know my wife is in the stadium in the stadium, but right. lucky that it. Happened happened just just after the game. If I, I don't know if I recall it right. I just remember seeing. I, you know, I haven't seen any footage. I just remember seeing the pictures. I'm thinking, you know, if that happened nowadays, good lord. I mean, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. What what was that with the story? Did they ever say what the story was with that? No, I never. I never heard the uh, the story of what you know what if the plane malfunctioned or something went wrong with the pilot or what. We I never really did hear that. Right. Right, that's that's I've always wondered about that. Okay, I'm gonna do a, a yeah. few quick hitting questions, and then I'll I'll, I'll let you go. Um, favorite game you played in in the pros? Game you 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 say you know you go say I wish I could go back and play that game over. It was just a great game. Yeah, I know it's probably hard to narrow uh, down to one. Well, this uh, probably I, I would say maybe two. Um, cool. Yeah, give me both. The very first, ga- the very first, very first game I ever 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 was a starter. My very first year, I started against the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, and they were the they were the defending champions. And um, it was probably the, one of the very best games I ever played in my life. I I, I had sixteen unassisted tackles, wow. which was a Team's record and an NFL record for a long time, and um, you know, just it was. I was a young kid. I didn't know what was going on. All I, all I, all I did was go by my mantra that I tell people when I'm coaching: is see ball, get ball. And right. um, you don't know, for a defender, you just, you don't need to get too complicated. You just need to be aggressive and find that ball and get to it. And that's what I did. And uh, I remember late, a little later on, I got so. You know, as I, I started studying feel more and more and more, and then you know, I would see certain situations. Well, this team does they'll run a, run this play under this formation, and da 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 da. But you get out there in the, in the game, and you start thinking like that. Sometimes it really takes away from your aggressiveness, you know, right. because you're thinking too much. So the best thing you can do is just watch the film, and um, your, your mind will absorb that. And then in the game. Just use use the instincts and all, a good linebacker. You can I can tell you in ten minutes whether he's going to be good or not. They um, they just get to the ball no matter what, no matter how or what, what way they get to the ball, and that's what you want. You know? Right. So after after you left football, what what did you end up doing after football? Um, well, I got into um, 
sales for a while, but then I ended up in, in coaching. Um, so I, I coached at a lot of private high schools and um, was athletic director for years uh, in, in those places also. So uh, it was nice because I could stay in the game. Um, now, are you in, are you in and, North Carolina right now? Yeah, I'm in Raleigh now. Okay, you're right down the road from me because I'm, I'm living, it's, a, it's in Northampton County in a little town called Alaska. It's near the Virginia line, but uh, yeah, you're oh. right, you're right, probably probably an hour and a half, hour and a half from me. Oh. Uh, so did you, ah. did you do I'm any doing. coaching in, in North Carolina at the private schools? Um, let's see, you know, I was mainly in the, yeah, yeah, I did. I did. Uh, I spent uh, ten years in Flor in um, Charlotte. Charlotte, and, uh, okay. Coached at Prov Providence Day School. Right, uh, I've heard there, of that school. Is, uh, they have a strong um, private school league over there. Right. Um, I think, so, in matter of fact, I think Charlotte Christian is now uh, one of those high schools that draws kids from everywhere, and I think they travel all over the place and all over the nation. Playing, you know. Right. So. Toughest opponent you went up against in the NFL, and I, you know, individually, our toughest, I'm sure it was offensive lineman you went up against that you just hated to go up against. An offensive lineman? Yeah. Um, well, I, I would say probably the guy that, that would give me shivers if I had to line up. Sometimes the middle linebacker, you know, you, you can move the line around so you can choose who you you I was either over a guard or I was over the center, and then if I made the mistake in in, in like when I was playing against the Patriots, John Hanna was the oh uh, yeah guard, and he was just a, he was just a beast, uh, and, and um, there's no way at, at my weight that I that I would be able to hold up against him. So I, I just have to hit the ground and grab Garrett. You know, if the play was coming my way uh, directly, because he was he was tough. I could get away from most of the guys, but he was real tough. And then uh, trying to think of uh, who there was, a, there was a couple of centers that uh, weren't very big, but they were they were um, very very quick. And those are the guys that would give me trouble because I was quick. And what they would do, they wouldn't try to uh, physically overpower you. They try to cut you and right. get, make make you get make you get your hands down. So. Uh, those are the guys that you know. They gave me tough time. Toughest, toughest running back you 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 faced. Um, everybody thinks everybody thinks it was Larry Zonka because we were teammates, and because Larry was such a great player. But um, I would say probably overall, the guy that was uh, ahead of his time was John Riggins. Oh yeah. Yeah. He was uh, he was he was big and strong and, and he and he could really run quick fast you know. Yeah. Favorite favorite place to play. Favorite stadium you played in. Oh. You know over over all the years, but you know what the nicest field I nicest grass we've ever played on was Fenway Park. Fenway Park. <laughs> okay. Okay. Can you imagine? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> as far as as far as football fields, I don't know. They were all kind of the same to me. I don't, right. I don't think I really had one. I, I didn't like playing on uh, fields that were dual baseball fields because, oh, yeah. you know, you get that dirt, dirt in your uniform and you just get scraped up and it's just awful. Yeah. So 
So what are, what are you up to, to to now? What do you do now? You retired? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm retired and um, yeah, had uh, had cover of kind of a tough physical uh, year last year or year and a half. A lot of uh, hand hand and uh, knee operations and hip operations, and so so I'm just trying to hold my own and stay on my two feet. You know, I got keep, you. keep keep working out and uh, trying to just keep active. Yeah, yeah. Because if you don't stay active, that's when things start going downhill. I understand that. Yeah, if you stop, if you stop, you're done. No matter how how limited you think you are, you need to keep keep moving. But unfortunately, uh, I've got so many guys. I hate to even go on the internet because I got so many of my teammates and my uh, opponents dying right. and uh, being in bad bad shape. Like Nick Nick is gone, and yeah. and uh, Marty Marty Schottenheimer is in rough yeah. shape, and yeah. uh, several of the several others of my patriots guys have died and they're they're they're, they're some, in bad um you know uh, brain problems and so it's and unfortunately we can't the older guys don't get any help from from the uh, nfl and, and that's, that's a shame that's, too. that's a bad part that that is a that shame is because a you guys part. you guys trailblaze the way for for these guys today and it, it is a shame that that the nfl doesn't look out for you guys yeah yeah and that you know You'd think that some of the, these leaders of the younger guys, when they go in for the negotiations, would stick up for the older guys, but they don't. They just take up their, their their own self. And right. Uh, I mean, the, the NFL easily easily could take care of our guys. Even like the, there's a group out there now called Fair A I R, and they um, what they're trying to do is is get a, uh, a compensate you know, level of um, retirement uh, pension right. for the older guys at the same as what the new the new guys get. You know, just just the pension alone would help so many of us. Uh, it would be incredible. You know, I mean, it, it, ours is a is a joke. It's a, it's an insult to the guys. We get a lot of guys living under under bridges because they can't afford the medication. Mm. And, and this whole CTE stuff, you know, and people they really didn't understand it back then because I've done I've done interviews with several several former players and and myself I played back in high school which I you know I was a, a small undersized guy like you uh, about five foot six 145 pounds playing on the offensive line if you can imagine that wow uh, yeah but I held I held my own I was like you. I knew tendencies and I knew techniques, so I, you know, I tried to keep them. Uh, you know, I couldn't overpower the guys, so yeah. I tried to keep them guessing what I was going to do. But you know, yeah. you know, when you got a concussion back then, it was like, well, you just got your bell run, go sit on the bench, get you some water, and, and shake it off. And I mean, it wasn't, oh, yeah. it wasn't yeah, anything like it is nowadays. Salt. Exactly, smell yeah. salt, stuff like that. So it wasn't anything yeah. like it, it is today. And uh, you know it's, it's a shame that the NFL can't look after these guys like you, just like you said. Uh, but you know, yeah, well, hopefully I something hope, will come out. I hope we have some success. Yeah, hopefully and, something come out. They're doing a decent job, I think. And they, but they're, they're tough. They're tough to go against. And uh, so uh, we'll see what happens. And ho hopefully, hopefully we'll get some help. But what our guys always said is, you know, delay, deny until they die, and unfortunately, that that has been the, the model, you know, of the of the NFL. So right. until our guys die off, you know, then nothing's going to happen.
Right. Well, I'm not going to take up any more of your time tonight. I, I would just want to tell you how much I've enjoyed this. Thank you so much for agreeing to, to do this interview. And uh, even though you're a Patriots fan, I won't hold that against you. If you won't hold it against me, I'm a Steelers <laughs> fan. <laughs> after, last night, after last night, I can't say too much. I know. I love I love playing against the the Steelers myself because I because they were a running team and so I had a lot of action. But my, but the rest of the group I didn't care for too much because they could stop our offense pretty easy. So yeah, that's still Kurt. What 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 about Mike Webster? What did you have some battles with him? Oh yeah, geez, head head up, head to head to head. That, yeah, it was, their whole their whole line was like a bunch of muscle men at that time. You know, they uh, they were all they were all tough and very smart. Um, so I just tried to, I just tried to, you know, I, like I told you, I, I could shift the defense right. back and forth so they never knew which guard I was going to be over or, or if I was going to line up over Mike. And, um, so if they pull a guard and I, and, you know, if I, if I kind of knew which player they were going to run, they pull a guard, I would follow them into the backfields, you know, right. so I made some stops that way. But my, uh, Mike was, Mike was one of those guys where you, you just, Extremely, extremely strong, and, and so you didn't want to get hook up with him. Yeah, head to head, you know, you you had to get by him as best you could. Right, right. Well, that I actually not too long ago I found on on YouTube there was a I think it was a '76 playoff game with you guys against the Steelers, and uh, you know I have to I have to sit back and watch that and see you in action now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, well. Thank you so much again, sir, and I really enjoyed this, and uh, good luck to you. hope everything goes well with, with your surgeries and stuff. Hope you hope you recover, and uh, you know, you got to get out there and keep playing. You're still playing golf, right? Yeah, that's about my last uh, last competitive thing I do, but yeah. I, I am not that good, just like everybody else that plays mostly golf. Is, golf is probably the toughest game I've ever played in my life because it doesn't really – uh, if you've got a football background, it, a lot of times it doesn't blend because, you know, everything in football is so uh, hard as, and, uh, all, you, you know, everything, you're tight and you try to explode and everything in golf, you got to be just the opposite. So, uh, but I enjoy it. I enjoy being out there. And, and uh, matter of fact, I played with a Milt Plum, a friend of right. mine who's, who's a quarterback, quarterback for Detroit and Cleveland. He's 84 years old. And he's still out there hitting the heck out of the ball. <laughs> You know what? I, I honest to God, I live probably a mile and a half from a country club with a golf course. I've grew up here my whole life, and I've never once played nine holes of golf. I was just I, I've yeah. seen I've seen the frustration on some of these guys' faces, and I'm like, that is the <laughs> last that is the last thing I need on my plate is is for uh, something uh, no a sport like that to put some more frustration up there. Oh, let me tell you something. It'll get you if you if you start doing it. It'll get you. It'll eat you alive, man. Yeah, yeah. I, that's why. That's why I haven't done it. I mean, I could go out there and just hit balls, but as far as playing nine holes, no, I'm not gonna do that because that it would drive as competitive as I am. It would drive me crazy. <laughs> yeah, it, it, <laughs> it would. Well, it's been a pleasure, buddy. Thank you, sir. You you have a great night, and uh, uh, we'll keep up with you and see how you're doing. Well, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. All right. That's Jim Chionski on the final score, guys.